Welcome everyone to another episode of my uh, podcast. As our regular listeners will know, I never number these, so we're on number. I think, Russell, I'm sorry, we're not quite at 100. I do have that uh, that in the bag for, for someone, not sure who yet. I think we're episode number nine, 98, but that's, uh, that's an irrelevance. Um, as my regular listeners will always know, I'm always delighted to uh, have my guests on, and today is no different. This, I believe, is going to be a really interesting one, not saying my others aren't, but I stumbled across uh, where Russell works at secondnature.ai through um, WhatsApp group, I'm in uh, the Borgs, where I then saw this lady called Jenny, uh, who is the future, dare I say, potentially, of enablement sales coaching which then led me to, uh, I think we our mutual colleague, John Seelig, introduced, uh, introduced us, uh, Russell, because I was intrigued as to what Jenny was all about, um, which we'll get into. And then speaking kind of a pre-call before this with Russell, Russell's got some really interesting insight, which I hadn't thought around. Actually, where is this all going in the f- what the expectation of the future employee will be, be it a salesperson, be it marketing, be it finance, be it ops, HR, what have you. And so Russell's very kindly agreed to come on and um, kind of share the story, I guess, of well, obviously Russell, the story of Second Nature, but then we'll go uh, more uh, more broadly. So as with all my guests, Russell, uh, who, what, why, when and where? And let's get into this. Well, Alexander, thanks for having me here. I've listened to a variety of your podcast, so I may go and reference a couple also as we go through the, this from a discussion standpoint. Um, but uh, I'm the head of revenue at Second Nature and have spent a big part of my career working at a variety of startups, both my own at the early part of my career and then later on at other startups uh, over the course of the last 20 plus years, mostly early stage and mid-stage Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always been in the B2B space, helping to grow the teams that I've either been responsible for building or responsible for managing. And Second Nature is a company that I had been watching for a variety of years due to the fact that I knew the founder and CEO from a previous role and was very compelled by what the vision was for the organization. And Second Nature's just raised its Series A and is a venture-backed business. And what we do is we provide an application that allows revenue team members to do two-way interactive role plays with an AI-powered virtual persona on the other end. So if you can imagine, you can practice with a forgiving or unforgiving persona defined by a customer across a whole variety of different scenarios, which allows representatives to practice their pitches, their presentations, their conversations before they go into a live conversation with a person on the other end. And Alex, you mentioned Jenny, (laughs) and Jenny is our persona like Siri or Alexa, who's our baseline. Uh, And she is the one who often is the sales coach that the reps get some instructions from, but then customers can define the persona as whoever they want from from who it is that their representatives talk to. 
in a variety of different situations. And I guess also based on your your journey and your experience of building, you know, building revenue teams uh, as a leader, you know, working in the field, the coaching enablement piece is something that may well have been dear to, dear to your heart in terms of getting, you know, your reps to, to a point where they're performing in a way that is creating high high performance. Um, so was that also what led you to, to you know, joining Second Nature on their, uh, on their journey? Yeah, a lot of it had to do with, for me, a light bulb that went off in my head, but it was after I was being recruited. So the CEO of Second Nature said, hey, you know, we're interested. We have uh, some financing. We'd like to bring on a head of revenue to take us to the next stage. But why don't you use Second Nature mm -hmm. as a way in which to see if you could pitch Second Nature uh, as part of a, a practice. And for me, I went in and Ariel, the CEO, sent me a deck and I took some notes. And then I went into the simulation and I practiced the first time and I got a score. And it took me about seven minutes to do my first pitch. And I saw areas to improve practicing with Jenny. And then I went second time and then I did a third time. And at the 33 minute mark, I got this passing score. Okay, you're proficient enough to pitch second nature in a first meeting presenting the company. But it wasn't the proficiency score, it was my confidence. And I said to myself, oh my, it's not only about the fact that I feel confident enough about going into this presentation, but I've, I've been able to practice in a safe space. And that's when I really said, this is huge, not only for any type of seller, but especially for the new generation of seller, which we've seen really emerge in the last few years and obviously accelerate in the age of COVID that we've been dealing with, which is a remote selling uh, expertise, younger generation of sellers, uh, millennials and below, who want these types of technologies to be able to practice before they go into a live customer conversation, not only to know, understand where they're proficient in the pitch, but also the confidence level. And, I, and this is what kind of got me me thinking is to, A, I want to get you on the podcast because I think it's just very cool stuff. And I always like getting guests on who are doing cool things in, in the space of sales and marketing, but we kind of take a step back and there's concepts of artificial intelligence and AI replacing the, the human. For those that are listening, I'm doing the, the inverted uh, inverted commas um, around my, my head because we had some really, you know, really interesting conversations last week around this. And you've already touched on it in terms of the expectation of the next generation of seller coming through the, um, the employee pipeline, uh, I guess. And it gave me pause for reflection way back when, we're talking pushing close to 20 years now, showing my, my age, when I was in an out-and-out -out hardcore sales role in, in recruitment, and all we could do really was smile and dial because that was the only thing that one could, could do to, um, to set the appointments. You know, email marketing kind of existed, but at a, at a major level, um, social selling certainly didn't exist as a, as a concept at, at all. Yet the only way we were kind of role-played was we're either going to role play 
in a predefined group session. You had to be there in person, obviously, and um, uh, and do it. And it was every quarter or whenever our sales manager kind of felt like it. And it always felt kind of uncomfortable and false almost, but especially if you were doing it in front of your um, your peers. Now the argument back then was, well, if you can't do it in front of your peers, how the hell are you going to do it in a in a live in a live and live environment? But the two aren't really the same, for no doubt reasons we will uh, we will get into. Then you kind of fast forward to, I want to think it was was it 2017 when Google everyone got very excited about Google Duplex making the phone call, booking the the hair salon appointment, and then there's all you know sales development reps are going to be re replaced by um, technology. Why do you need SDRs, AEs, and uh, and uh, and so on? Yet here we are now in an environment where this stuff ex exists for, from the internal perspective. You get Synthesia, is it, from the asynchronous um, video kind of pitching side of things. But what, what's, as a revenue leader, as seeing what Second Nature are doing, no doubt hearing your, and your, 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 your customer base speaks for itself in terms of the, um, the website, what is that? if it is a gap, and I'm asking this a really bad way, and I know you'll answer it in the way that I'd like you to, but what is, is there a gap between the old generation, new generation, how AI is becoming more pervasive in terms of what we we do and the jennies of the world and that expectation from future employees that this is how I want to be coached and mentored? I think there's a couple of uh, big trends that have changed, which is, there's still as much, if not more, requirement for role plays and sales coaching today. And that is because the world we live in has become unbelievably competitive, more competitive. Companies move faster and more efficiently than they ever have before. And you also have mountains, I don't know, Everest-sized amounts of data. You think about all these call recording software mm -hmm. and as a sales manager, like, hold on now, not only do I have to pay attention to the areas of the pipeline, but I've got to listen to all these calls in order to provide insights on where my team needs help. And that's a lot for a sales manager to have to take on. And one of the ways in which you can address that is providing the right amount of tools and the training environment so that the, the team members are better uh, ready for you know, the areas that they are gonna go out in the field and do. But at the same time, even before they go out in the field, have some assessment to say, oh, it looks like the team isn't very proficient in these areas, or guess what? Something simple, everybody talks too fast. Yeah, and that's guilty. <laughs> yeah, which is a style thing, and it really there is a, a generational uh, change because you think about oh this is the way we we used to do it and we used to like the back and forth between being in a room together, but there's always a bias in that. Oh, uh, Alexander wasn't really good with his role play, but he always makes his number. That's okay. I'm going to give him a pass. But then what happens six weeks from now when the competitor comes out with a new product release 
And Alexander's not prepared and doesn't have an environment in which to do the appropriate role play. So it's, that is pretty, pretty key to be uh, a top priority for sales leaders to, to get ahead of this because the call recordings are after the fact. Mm-hmm. It's too late. You've got to have your team prepared in advance, leveraging technologies, leveraging remote technologies. And you mentioned our customer list. The reason why we have done fairly well with large technology organizations who are customer-based like Twilio and Zoom and Mm -hmm. SAP and some of the companies in the security space is that these companies are paranoid of the competition. And they know that every day that they can provide an advantage of having their teams better equipped and trained is them staying ahead of their market. Uh, And that's what's very key. And you brought up AI, kind of the increase of AI in 2017, even AI wasn't at the point where it could really hold a natural sounding conversation. Mm-hmm. And now we're really hit that, that point where in an environment where you have a structured, short conversation, companies like ours can, act, can execute and allow the participant to, to maintain the suspension of disbelief, like in a movie, that they are in a real conversation with a real prospect and their brain switches on and they go into go mode. And they say, oh, I'm, yeah, this is a prospect who's asking me real questions. And the most, I would say, the, the, the most interesting of them to observe is when um, participants practice cold calling. Mm-hmm. and you can heal the tension go up, even though they're practicing on a uh, AI powered virtual persona, but can hear the voices start cracking and the nervousness, but they, their brains have turned on. This is the real, a real situation. It's, it's fascinating looking how this, this technology is, is uh, increasing in its its prevalence within, within SaaS world. And, you know, SaaS world is, Certainly ahead of other, you know, B two B B two B industries that you know, operate more in the professional service space. Um, if you look, you know, you mentioned Zoom. Zoom have launched their conversation intelligence um, tool last week or the, or the week before to, to be with the competition. You know, Microsoft have got their conversation intelligence tool within what they call uh, Sales Accelerator, part of part of CRM. And to your point around data, it's it's opening up a whole new kind of guess I guess area of unknown knowledge and insight which you can then use or or not use but do based on you know what we were talking about kind of in the green room if if you will are, are we in where does the human fit in 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 all of this if we believe that singularity is a thing in 2045, I want to say, I think 2045 is when um, what's his chops from Google thinks that Ray Kurzel, I think, really believes it will be 2045. Well, I, I get that we we need all this, but are we going to lose, I guess, the old way, or is it just me being an old curmudgeon going, actually, go, go with the times, Alexander? Um, because this is totally normal for you know these kids coming out of college to interact with 
an AI avatar persona to coach coach them enable them because this is what they've been doing I don't know at college university through gaming and uh, and, and so on that's a it's an excellent point um kind of there's two uh there's there's two areas to address one is more macro and mm -hmm. one is more how it works today and how it works today is you can really see these the AI powered solutions like what we have, which are meant to help scale. Mm -hmm. um, the, and so it's about, look, if you have a hundred people that have joined your organization in the last six months, there's no way that you can throw people at it. Yeah. It's a myth, mythical man month, right? Which is, doesn't matter if you hire 25 consultants, not everyone's gonna get trained in proficiency. Yeah. So you need some way to approach it from uh, an automation side of things. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the areas where we always see the pain is I, I want to be able to scale these people en masse. We had one organization who was able to do a retraining and a positioning certification for 1,300 revenue team members in 72 hours. Love it. And you can't do that with, uh, with on a on the human side. But, yep. but at the same time, the you need the people to implement what the messaging is going to be, what the talk tracks are about, and what are the what's the methodology that's being used as part of this pitch, because AIs can't predict the future. They're very good at understanding what happened in the past and say, okay, I understand all of this information, but I don't know really what it looks like from the standpoint uh, of the future. So I just know what you fed me in the past of what needs to be said by all these individuals and how they need to say it. Um, so we always fit into an existing training program mm -hmm. that involves, that mixes and match the human element with the machine element to be, uh, the, the human machine match um, in order to address areas that just can't be uh, done by, by people. Um, and the, those are the, the, you know, the big areas. And on the macro side, you still will need everyone setting strategy. Mm -hmm. What's strategy look like for the next year? What are our criteria and our KPIs? And how do we want to measure it? then we can go and look to put it into software in order to get people proficient and trained using the technology that we have like AI. And it's really, it's, it's, I'm in awe of kind of what, you know, technology companies like, like yourselves are, um, uh, are doing, and I guess, but you've raised an interesting point then in terms of you're still, AI can't predict the, the future um, and uh, you always need the human element to it. Yet if we're to believe the gardeners of the world and the other analysts out there that the seller time is getting less and less in front of the, um, the buyer and buyers want to buy differently if we're led to believe all the research out there that says that this is the, um, uh, the case yet we are still relying on the the old dare i say methodologies 
whatever they might be. <laughs> they're, they're ten a penny right out there. I'm not going to pick on any in, um, on any in, in particular. Is is there a point where someone like Jenny or whomever the persona is could? I know we didn't rehearse this, so forgive me if I'm putting you on on the spot. Could be that front end part of a sales conversation, the initial outbound, if if you will, because we're so used to again those listening, you know, talking in this virtual world and when you see Jenny in action, it's, it's bonkers because it looks like you are, as you know, you and I, Russell, Lara, are talking and we're becoming so used to this. And in our personal lives, you mentioned Google, Alexa, Siri, and so on, voice is becoming more and more prevalent just normally in terms of talking to in, talking to inanimate objects to get them to, to do things. I look at my my four-year-old and my, uh, my almost seven-year-old as, as, as a case in a case in point layer that with this whole SDR AE complex that does does this role even need to to exist might we see a point where an organization is brave enough to to do that do we think I think that uh, the organizations will be brave enough to do the qualification part okay which is okay the AI has collected enough data to know that Alexander is in the market. He's looking at these three products. He may have even come from a competitor's website. And he's been going around and he's been downloading white papers. So it looks like he's not convinced of the business case. So, and then provide that information back to a human will then present to Alexander and say, Alexander, in an automated fashion. I see you're looking at this, this, and this. We'd love to put you in touch with Russ. And Russ gets that feedback in advance yep. and says, you, uh, Alexander's having a problem with the business case. Talk to him about what are the areas of the business case he needs help on. And of course, I've been trained in advance using my AI and I've done the role play. So I understand to ask you the questions. I say, Alexander, what can I get to you? You say, I need a business case document. Oh, interesting. Uh, I already have the size of your organization. Your organization has 2,000 people. Oh, I have this case study for you, which has some of the criteria. Hand that off as part of the human side. And then you go off on your digital buying on yourself. And you say, wow, Russ was great. He knew exactly what I needed. And... Uh, I was able to make a better buying decision. So much like what you're talking about with Gardner is to what areas of the digital buying process do you still need a person to be involved where AI could handle some of the areas that with confidence and say, okay, I've collected this information and now I'll let the human do the work and then go back to Alexander so that he can complete his purchase. And I'm I'm glad you you answered it in in that way because I'm still very much of the proponent that you need irrespective of what industry you are in there needs to be human elements involved. I've recognised that our risk tolerances are going up. So if I wanted to, for example, go and buy 
10, 15, 20 sales navigator licenses. I know what I'm buying. It's deployed over the web. I put my credit card, you know, credit card, you're off to the uh, off to the races. Actually, it might be that actually a Jenny or the equivalent would be a helpful person to talk to based on no doubt the data points they've got. Anybody that's buying between 10 and 15 licenses typically will be this profile. These are sort of things that you need to need to ask. And it also <laughs> tying it back to is one of the is either Gartner or um, Forrester at the beginning of this year was on a CMO um, future of type thing they do. And their view was that CMOs need to bring AI in bizarrely to slow the buying process down but also to then understand where to insert the human at the right point to enable the purchase versus dare I say we've all been on the receiving end of them you're on the cusp of doing it and then the human being just makes a mess of it at the final at the final hurdle and then you you don't buy or you go off somewhere somewhere else and this conversation intelligence piece for me especially in my world of professional services, I think is a, is a fascinating play because we're nowhere near there yet. I mean, people freak out when we go, hey, Teams is doing a transcribe of our call. What? <laughs> to, to, turn that yeah. off and it's internal. Yet in a B2C environment, we're all kind of used to going, your call is being recorded for training and monitoring, BFI and whatever. It, it's, it's then looking at the, you know, the refracts, is it the gong, zooms, Microsoft of the world, do they does that data then start to help inform what you do to help create the different personas and the different kind of coaches so you can stress test people in different scenarios we can so you can take um data and mm -hmm. that will inform your ai model which is right. that the ai is trained Mm -hmm. based on you know millions of inputs into what is uh appropriate what is a good let's call it a good answer yeah or a bad answer and the the key is to make sure that you keep the data in the right repositories right mm -hmm. never mix and match your data and um how for example an organization like second nature works is we, we train our models on specific topics mm -hmm. that in the simulations, they are short. And in that way, we're able to retain the two-way conversational training that it's a real conversation. But an AI can drift because if you go too long, it may forget the past of what was covered in the conversation. It, you may ask it a question and it may say, oh, we're talking about another topic then. I'm gonna switch out, I'm gonna bounce over. So it's very, very important that when you're using external data to train your model, that you understand what exactly those inputs are. Um, and you need humans as part of the model training. So what I mean by that is you're not only using data, like a talk track, yeah. but you need to also understand the delivery mechanism that the person is on the other end to understand what a good answer is. So I may answer something broken up into pieces across our conversation. Okay. I should still, the AI still needs to understand, hey, that's a, I got the right response back from this individual, even though they said it over the course of 10 minutes and mm -hmm. not right at the beginning when I asked the question, like a human would. Yeah. Um, so the, 
the short answer is the more data that you fill into a model, the better, but it needs to be focused. So if you're going to take a recording of a call and you're going to fill it into, oh, I want to make this the AI smarter, you need to make sure that it's the appropriate persona, mm -hmm. the appropriate product. Otherwise, it takes a lot longer for the AI to be smart, quote unquote. Yeah. And this, I guess, comes full circle back to you know, kind of what you were saying at the the, the beginning. And like this, this is actually with, with any of these tools that we're we're talking about. You need to have an underlying strategy. You need to understand where we want to be in twelve months, eighteen months, five years time. How are we going to get there? What's the roadmap look like? What's the what's our buyer market? Where where do we want to where do we want to play? Where has this worked um, before? It's not like you can plug and play, and then suddenly you're you're off to off to the races. And second nature or any of these technologies will give you the the answer because fundamentally, you know, trust me, if I found the silver bullet in sales, it's like when people ask me around social selling, you know, how does it work? But it's like when it works in conjunction with a myriad of other other things, and ideally you need a myriad of other data points, but you need to understand how to interpret those data points in a way to understand what is the next best course of action aligns to where we're actually trying to go to in the uh, in the future all of this in isolation you just end up having a nice conversation with somebody but it's not going to achieve your <laughs> the end goals that you're trying to achieve assuming you have a clear view of what those end goals are those and that's where your data mm -hmm. that you've captured is supposed to give you that direction so we had one customer that said, well, we need, we have 600 different types of revenue conversations. Obviously you can't train on 600, but pick the ones that mean the most, that are the most material to your business. Oh, we can never get past the third meeting. Once we give a demo, um, let's get everyone trained on that, that conversation. Oh, we're having P everyone's having trouble with price negotiation. We're always getting pushback. Let's focus on that. And that's where, what you mentioned before, your data mm -hmm. comes back and you still can also complement it with human-based coaching. I mean, that's so important because then you could stop, say, okay, let's, let's take this again with the role play. These are the areas, but at least there's some part of dynamism there that's then complemented by more structured training. And what's the, you know, we, we, I'm just trying to reflect on some of the generations that I work with. If we put, um, and I, I never like putting labels on people because my view is that if you're technically savvy, whether you're, you know, 16, 26 or 60, you'll, you'll kind of get, you'll get all of this. But what has kind of the reaction been to, um, to people when this is kind of out in the, in the, in the field, as it were, when it's out in the wild? And they're actually in, in, engaging with these personas, but it's not actually a human being. The, um, in uh, do you mean specifically around the second nature experience? Yes, second nature, or just in your in your travels more broadly. Sure. So, in um, it really is both personality and age, because as right. <laughs> is that there's plenty of people who are always looking to improve 
what they're doing professionally or personally by the use of technology. Mm -hmm. And that includes, for example, like health, right? Yeah. You have individuals, late seventies, they will go out and run every day because they see that as part of their discipline. Mm -hmm. And you see that also in the professional world. So you can have a 30 uh, seller with 30 years experience saying, it doesn't matter what it is. I always wanna learn and I always wanna get better because I recognize that the world is always changing. Mm -hmm. But then of course, there's other individuals, maybe 22 years old who is scared of sci-fi and like, look, I don't want to interact with a robot or a avatar. And I'm always gonna hit zero when I'm on the phone because I wanna to talk to a person. Yeah. And that's a personality trait as much as it is, could be an age mm -hmm. trait. So it's, it's really important to also in any situation, like you said earlier, to disclose what technology is being used to provide the feedback that you're getting as an individual. Are, you know, this call is being recorded or, you know, this information was produced, this report was produced by an AI. If you, if you are disagree with this, like we have in our system. So let's mm -hmm. say you get an assessment and it says, uh, Alexander, you didn't cover this talking point. And he said, what? I did cover the talking point. We have a revision button. Basically okay. press it and it says, goes into the transcript, says I covered this point here, you hit submit and it goes back into the score. So the thing is, is that you need to flexibility and you need disclosure. Um, and then that will make people feel much more comfortable in adopting some of these new technologies. And I think that's the, you know, you're talking about disclosure, Justin Michael from you know, Tech Powered Sales, runs the sites, you know, the sales boards. And he's a big proponent of this, but he also feels that in the future, we may get to a point if we've got a kind of AI talking to AI, which is under the disclosure, this is AI. We're kind of going full clockwork orange. If you remember the old Stanley Kubrick, um, you know, film that just, you know, the, they listened to Beethoven, but were pretty violent in individuals in the world of the future, but wanted to be in the, um, in, in, in the past. And it's, it's, it's interesting yet we're, we're so, Okay, the majority are becoming comfortable, as I said, talking to inanimate objects. You know, maybe not in our gen in, in our lifetime, but maybe for my my, my six-year-old, my seven-year-old, my four-year-old, who knows in 20 years' time as to where this is this is going to going to be, because it's it's coming at such a rate. And notwithstanding the 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 the, the complexities around this technology when it can be misused. And that's a whole different, uh, you know, different sort of podcast. But I will say the deep fake Tom Cruise on uh, TikTok is, is brilliant, if not scare, scary at the, um, the, uh, the same time. It's, it's for me this, A, the, the data point is now, every single conversation I have with a revenue leader in whatever shape or form it is, it's no matter what you're trying to do, data really now is key. And it's key in terms of getting that governance and strategy in place are that irrespective of what technologies you're looking to, to implement, which need data to do things, um, you're going to end up on a hiding to nothing, which is an English uh, turn of phrase. But what you also touched on, Russell, is also being mindful of not mixing your data up because we talked on bias. So the brilliance of you know, bringing AI into this to kind of take that bias 
out of the subconscious bias that us humans just inherently have we can't help it but you do also see the stories of even some of the big kind of ai houses more from a recruitment perspective getting it wrong because they're basing their hiring on we don't want to hire middle-aged white men but you feed the ai just middle-aged white men data so it becomes exponentially more biased towards middle-aged middle-aged white men so it's this this tension between this is a good thing but it can also be take you down a path if you're not careful i agree and uh i mean i'll send you after this podcast you mentioned ai's talking to ai's there's a, a excellent article published a couple of years ago about uh um two ai's being trained and they ended up creating their own language to talk to each other you can believe it right it generated and it was uh <laughs> but you you talk about bias and i do think that as um, when there is a material decision being made mm-hmm. by that has been driven by an AI, or even uh, all decision making, I think we will be moving to a world which will be similar to audits, okay. accounting side, mm-hmm. where you'll have a certificate that says we've been audited, it's a non-biased situation, or you can read the report here, and you're mm-hmm. already seeing that happening um, across the world where companies who are basing a lot of technologies on AI are saying, yeah, here, we'll give you our audit report about bias, non-bias assessment that's been done as part of it. But I agree with you, like we had mentioned before, which is when you're training your models, it's based on history. And if that history has information in it, that is inherently weighted one way or the other, obviously your decision is going to be uh, biased to what was fed it. But how is that different from human education? Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of the same situation. So um, it's a debate that would go on for many years. Yeah, it's 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 us uh, always in, intrigued to get guests like yourself on because you then have some reflections on your yourself in terms of it is no different from the education, it isn't no different from kind of what you just in in ingest, which I guess kind of brings out the unconscious uh, bias in in all of this. Yet I I can also see an angle where if you've got a a brave organisation going, let's not we need the base data. But let's also kind of try and look to the future as to see where this might might go. But the irony of you look at the world of audit, um, where that's moving more and more to the automation world, because you should automate basically. And it's not number crunching. You still need a human being at the end of it. But, but now you've got the auditors auditing the audit. <laughs> we used AI to order this, but here's our audit on AI to say yeah. that the AI that audits it is actually, <laughs> is actually, I feel like we're coming full circle again. <laughs> oh, my days. Where, so, I'm conscious of, of your your time, and you've touched on this actually, and forgive me because I didn't tee, didn't tee you up on this some beforehand, but and my guests know that I kind of go, go all over the place. You touched on AI talking to AI to talking about um, uh creating new language we have you know the 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 rise of gpt3 um google pegasus i believe it it is and and others around reading some stuff looking at that stuff and then creating net new content i think if you google gpt3 
this article from the Guardian newspaper, which is an English uh, newspaper, comes up going, this entire article was written by a robot. In the in the in the world of coaching enablement, just generally in, in your world, how how close are we to to that, or or is that still science fiction? Uh, I, and for us, we always go to look for an A/B test. So for our technology, mm-hmm. what we did with some customers is we said. You need a cohort and you're going to do a human-based assessment and yeah. you're going to do another cohort and you're going to do the AI-driven one. And our results, it became uh, 5% within the exact same result as the human-based versus the AI. Wow. And I want to, but it's, it's important to be specific is that we are trained in specific sales scenarios yeah. for revenue team members. And so we have a framework for which it is used. If you had an open-ended conversation, like anything, yeah. obviously that would be very different from a human assessment of AI. But for what we do focus, our results analysis is almost as close as you can to a human-based one. Um, for specific, and that's if you're specific and you stay within a framework structure, you can get there today. Um, open-ended side, still very, hard to get to again, because there's too much information. And, and there is some really interesting, amazing technologies. Like, you know, you hit this curve mm-hmm. of when technology is ready. And I think you make, made mention of Dolly 2, which just came out, which allows um, the, an AI system to generate images, say, you know, Give me a picture of Russ on a horse, even though I've never been on a horse before. <laughs> Generate it, right? But that creates a scary, oh, well, what could happen in terms of yeah. the creation of media? So it's still an, uh, an area that needs to be addressed, but it could really have incredible return on investment mm-hmm. and help in, vi- in specific ways across businesses today, which is why you're seeing so many companies use it and you're seeing these larger issues ethics mm-hmm. auditing come up because it's become core to how a company runs its business yeah i think i answered your question but you, know, sure. you, you, yeah. you did it's the old uh, the old ad, adage that um teslas for the most part are pretty are pretty good at self-driving but they'd be really bad at playing chess yeah. <laughs> because it's very <laughs> narrow in its um uh in its uh yeah. in, in its field and it's uh it's, yeah it's a, it's a mind-blowing kind of space all all of us um and one, one thing that's important is the cto and the founder of our company always says this and he talks about the show sesame street and on the show sesame street uh ernie is playing checkers against the chicken and bert walks up to ernie and says wow you've taught a chicken to play checkers? And Ernie looks at him and he's kind of upset. He goes, yeah, but he's only beaten me two times out of 10. And the the, the key is to remember how far we've come. We have a long way to go, but it's still pretty compelling of what we've accomplished already today. And there's a lot, a long road to go, but it's pretty amazing what's going on. 
what a way to end a podcast on you've taught a chicken to play uh, checkers. And that will be the, the intro to my social post on that because that's absolutely, absolutely uh, brilliant. Uh, Russell, it's been an absolute pleasure having you uh, on here. Where can, if people want to learn more about kind of you and Second Nature, where can I point people to to, to find you and learn, learn more about what you're up to in this space? Our website is secondnature.ai and my email address is russ at secondnature.ai and love to talk to anyone who's uh, interested in discussing more about the world we live in. Um, sales coaching specifically and the new generation of sales management versus sales coaching. And Alexander, thank you very much for having me. I've really enjoyed the conversation. And of course, listening to uh, all of your other chapters. That's uh, very generous of you, Russell. I appreciate it. So if you are going to um, email uh, Russell and or um, contact Russell on LinkedIn and you've listened to this podcast, can I strongly suggest that you mention we listen to the podcast and would like to learn uh, learn more rather than um, uh, some other type of, uh, of outreach. Uh, I'll put the links somewhere. YouTube I haven't figured this out for those that are listening. I'm pointing my fingers wildly around there. Um, as always, if you want to be a guest on this show, you know what to do. If you want to recommend a guest to be on the show you know what to do um but uh for now uh, the humans are still very much uh here russell you are a real person not an avatar i assume i'm talking to it's been an absolute pleasure um thank you thanks alexander